Hello, this is Mike Warner. Just wanted to let you know before we get into this episode of the Streamline podcast, this episode was recorded in early January this year. And as a result, some of the things that we talk about are now no longer as accurate. We mention music festivals such as Coachella and South by Southwest, which now we know, sadly, due to the outbreak of the coronavirus, these festivals have been cancelled or postponed. I don't want anybody to take any disrespect from this. It's just a case that this episode was recorded on an earlier date. For anyone listening, I hope that you are well. I hope that you are healthy. I hope that you are safe. This situation is changing daily. I hope you find this podcast informative. And once again, please remember it was recorded at an earlier date. I wish you all nothing but the best. Good health, happiness. Here's the episode. Welcome to the latest episode of the Streamline podcast. My guest today is Evan Price. Evan is an artist manager and the founder of Artist Collective. Evan, welcome. What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Um, so for anyone that isn't familiar with yourself or Artist Collective, could you give us sort of a bit of an introduction? Sure. So Artist Collective is primarily an artist development company. Um, and instead of focusing immediately on developing artists on Spotify or getting their, getting their numbers up per se, um, we really like to focus on, you know, the interworkings of an artist first and developing that brand from, from the ground up. By that, I mean focusing on their super fans, figuring out what their why is first before even worrying about distributing the music. Like a lot of those why questions aren't even answered a lot of times because artists kind of skip that. So we, um, we believe in continuing your knowledge in the music business, whether you're an independent artist or you have an artist manager or whatever it is, you should always be on the lookout for how things are changing in the industry through branding, through revenue streams and social media. Um, those change so quickly now. So it's important to, to keep your, I guess, just keep your knowledge up you know, when it comes to things like that. So through our membership, um, artists that are on board with Artist Collective get uh, weekly live videos, such as what you and I are doing right now, um, with industry professionals from all walks of life, and also strategies. So like walkthroughs as simple as, here's how you distribute on DistroKid to here's how we look for blogs and database these things. So just any kind of strategy and um, education um, possibilities, uh, we wanna feed that directly to artists so they can kind of refocus on getting back to the music and focusing on their music career. Very cool. And part of the reason why we sort of clicked so quickly when we first connected uh, at City Baby DIYCon in Austin, Texas, I feel like almost every story from 2019 started with in Austin, Texas at City Baby <laughs> DIYCon. It's just, yeah. it's um, mind blowing how many people I connected with there. But Shout out to CD Baby as always. Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously you what you've developed is, is pretty mind-blowing. You've got an online community of artists where not only are you supporting them, but they're supporting each other and everybody is sharing and everybody is learning together. I'm fortunate enough to have been granted access so I could go and actually check out Artist Collective myself as well. So... That, did you build it all by yourself or have you been working with a partner as well? 
Yeah, I have. So I have two other partners on board. On board, one's name's Vinny Hines, and the other's is Stephen Lynn. And we were kind of all childhood friends. Um, one of them was the bassist in my metal band that I um, that I was in back in the day. Um, the other one is just a friend for a while, and I actually managed his career leading up to the creation of Artist Collective. Um, so we just kind of have our expertise and our specialties, and we kind of just build it together, just all with that one why, which is just getting artists back to the music. But yeah, there's three of us. That's awesome. And you, you're not just focused on Artist Collective. You also manage... I know I'm, I'm aware of at least one artist that you manage, correct? I manage only one act right now. Okay. Um, and I know that that's kind of some of the topics we were going to talk about with artist management on like what you should be looking for in a manager and things like that, because the manager has to be pretty, you know, close to the artist. I think it's really important to be very hyper-focused, you know, unless you're like Justin Bieber status, something like that, where a manager can manage 10 acts and they're like only dipping a little bit and just like connecting the dots. But if the manager is like the only other part of your team, I think it's really important to have, have them be very focused. So yeah, I only manage one act right now. Um, his name is Austin Fillmore. He's a hip hop artist here in Chicago, huge catalog, really big when it comes to uh, performing at festivals, has a lot of energy. So it's just a, a well-rounded act that I was just a fan of the music of first and foremost. And I just see a lot of different possibilities with his brand, um, including his music, of course. But Fantastic. So when did you get into management? How did that come about? Well, I managed my, I mentioned my metal band um, a little bit ago. I ended up just becoming the manager, but I was also mm. the drummer. Um, we were, you know, there were six of us and none of us really knew, you know, we were all just figuring it out. Um, and I kind of stepped, ended up stepping up and just being like, cool, I like to organize stuff. So this is perfect. So I kind of tried it. And that was kind of my, my uh, dip in the pond of management and just the music business in general. And I was just found that I really enjoyed the process of, you know, even scheduling dates and following up with contacts and just all of the managerial behind the scenes work that isn't really talked about too much in the industry, but it's, um, it's important to keep the gears turning, but I just, I enjoyed it. And to be honest, I enjoyed it more than I did performing. So I kind of stepped away from the band and kind of focused on building my knowledge as an artist manager and just a music entrepreneur. Very cool. And you still get to be part of the process. You still get to be part of the fun as well. So, um, yeah, why not? If, if that's where your heart is and that's what you enjoy, I'm glad you went with it. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I went up. I moved to Chicago and just went to Columbia College for a couple years. And I was able to really dive in with certain artists here in the city. And it's just like a cultural megapod. So I, I really enjoyed the experience. I was able to work with like a, a, a pretty well-known blues artist in town, which I had never even understood how the blues like scene worked. So it was just cool for me to be able to get outside of just being a manager for a metal band to experience all these different other pieces of the industry. Um, I was a promoter. I was an agent. I did merch. I did, I did marketing for a promotion company. So I did a lot of different things and wore all the different hats, which as a manager, you need to at least understand what those workings are. Like, cool, if I need to get booked at a festival, what's the title of the person you need to talk to? You know, 
what is a talent buyer? And so if you weren't familiar with that and you consider yourself an artist manager and you just weren't unsure, you were unsure at this point, you might just try to contact the bartender when you know the bartender really isn't necessarily the person who's going to book the shows. So just understanding where all these different connections lead and being able to follow up, I think I just, I just fell in love with it. It sure sounds like it. (laughs) And I guess starting at the beginning, I'd like to address this early on. So many artists out there feel that they need a manager as soon as they create music, as soon as they've finished that first track, they go, right, now I need a manager so I can go out and get gigs. Obviously, I have my own opinion on that, which I've expressed many times before. But I guess what I'd like to hear from you is when do you feel is the right time for an artist to seek management or feel that they now need to go and find a manager I think a lot of that does take a lot of self-awareness and that's another piece of that's another thing that we like to teach at ours collective on top of just, you know, Spotify promotion and this and that, but like being a more self-aware conscious artist and you really have to look down and say, do I want an artist manager because I don't want to do the managerial work Mm. or do I really feel so overwhelmed that I need assistance? And most of the time it's the first one. It's that they don't, they just, you know, I don't want to chalk it up and say laziness, but it's just, they just don't feel like they should have to go and do the business related tasks. So if you are like, Hey, I'm hustling, I'm, I'm calling clubs, I'm trying to get on playlists. I'm, I'm constantly educating myself through all the different portals that we have. Ours collective, your community, uh, several other communities that I know out there that are trying to educate artists to be independent. If you are doing all of those things and you're like, I am so overwhelmed with that on top of creating music, I need assistance. Whether you're making a dime yet or not, if you feel that, then maybe it is time to be a manager. But if you really look at yourself and you see that you're not doing as much as you could be doing, you're not giving it your best in terms of business managerial stuff, then maybe you should think of going that route first. Completely agree. I guess one thing that I always seem to come across is artists that feel that they need a manager right off the bat as soon as they have any hint of success, sometimes just even getting their first song out to the world, they feel that now they're ready. I always say you need to get a taste of this for yourself first pretty much with anything in the music industry, you need to do it yourself first so that you understand why you need somebody else. And also when it gets to that point where you are that busy, perhaps you have started booking your own shows and you're booking 10 plus shows a month, uh, all in different venues around your city, your state. Perhaps you're going into state a few times a year, uh, which is fantastic. And then it gets to the point where you're too busy Uh, but you've got all these opportunities coming your way, that might be the time where a manager might actually find you as well. Yeah, it's um, definitely good to get your opinion on that as well uh, because obviously everyone's at different stages and everyone has different goals. But I guess there's different types of management out there as well that we could discuss. I mean... um, would you like to break down some of the different types of managers that an artist could potentially work with at some point in their career? 
Um, yeah. I mean, if you're first starting out, a lot of times what happens is you might see up and coming artists have what we call, what I call at least momagers, which are usually a family member, their mom, their uncle, Steve, who was in the industry 30 years ago, just like your brother-in-law that loves what you're doing. Like those are great starting out to help you kind of manage your time. Um, and then you can kind of graduate to like the super fan managers by that. I mean, the managers that come to you and they're like, Hey, you know, we're not related. I just really love your music and I see potential in you and I see potential in your music and your catalog and all of these different various things uh, regarding your brand. And I want to see you succeed. I know you're probably not making much money now, but let's work something out. Cause I am just, I'm hungry for your success just as much as you are. And then you'll have the, you know, the managers that I feel like a lot of artists are looking for right off the bat, which is those managers that have the connections that can make 12 calls and you're an instant star. Like those are, those are, those are rare. So I guess you're not always written. Those are kind of the three main stages that I see. And so it's more not that artists that I speak with are, are that middle ground. Um, and I consider myself the, uh, as a manager, I consider myself about that second one as well. You know, I, I've got some, I got some good connections here in Chicago and um, throughout the, the U S but it's not going to be an overnight success thing. I want to be, the person, the people that I manage, I want to make sure that I'm a fan and I see potential and I'm not there necessarily for the money. I'm there for, you know, the passion of managing an act from here to here. So I think it's just important to, again, self-awareness. Where am I? Am I, do I not even have a song released? And, you know, my uncle Steve says that I'm really good and he wants to help me. Cool. Maybe that's the manager I should start with instead of trying to knock down doors of you know scooter the scooter bronze of the world saying will you manage me i have a good song like <laughs> you know you know what i mean <laughs> and yeah. i think i think a lot of artists too whether it be the documentaries that are coming out every week on netflix about a different rapper i think a lot of times it kind of brainwashes them, thinking that a manager is just going to completely come in and change their career it's like it takes some hustle on your end too like yeah, they can help you connect the dots and they can help polish you up and make you more presentable to, you know, those big wigs that you want to get in front of or whatever. But in the end, it comes down to your hustle as well. Yours as in, as in the artist. So just understand that it's a, it's, it's a team type of thing instead of, Oh, cool. I got a manager. Now I can just make music and do nothing. Like at least the people I work with, I want them to, you know, match, match my hustle. I mean, typical manager is going to take anywhere from 10 to 20% of your earnings. The manager. So that means in my mind, that means the artist needs to be doing at least 80% more work or at least give 80% more hustle because you can't expect for that manager to walk away with 15% and they're doing everything to connect the dots. So look at it. If you want to look at it from strictly a money piece, your manager's taking 15% of what you make, then you would have to be making $100,000 a year for the manager to only be taking 15,000. Like that's not even normal <laughs> amount, you know what I mean? So when you look at it like that, and most artists I talk to are not making 100,000 on their, on their music. So yeah. when you look at it, that aspect it's like, oh, well maybe a manager wouldn't want to come in because there's not really anything there in, va in value right now. But so it's, it's, I think it's important to, if you think you need a manager, 
you're probably in that second tier where you're ready for a hungry manager. So look to your fans, look to your fans and find that super fan. That's just, you know, that has a desire in the music industry. That's always at your shows. And it's really like about your music. That's the type of manager that you want. Um, I always say, look for the passion and not the connections. You want somebody that's going to be, you know, that's going to constantly be, you know, looking on Twitter for opportunities for you. If you're looking for the, the manager, if you find the manager that's only after that paycheck, it's going to bite you in the ass in the end. That's it, it is. Yeah. No, that's a really good point because it's, 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 it's a truth, but nobody will care about your music more than you do. And that should always be the way anyway for any artist. If somebody cares about your music more than you do, what the hell are you doing? Right. Uh, so to find somebody who is close to that level of passion is pretty amazing. And you should definitely be looking for that type of person. Like you said, a super fan that's always there supporting you and isn't getting any sort of uh, money in return or anything like that, but is already that passionate about you. They're going to do so much for you. They're going to go above and beyond. So you, that's exactly who you need. Absolutely. And that's obviously what you are with Austin. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I did. I went that route when I was just starting out, and I was just hungry. I was like, "Cool, I managed one band. I can manage five. Why not?" <laughs> so I was, you know, I was still in college, and I was just like, "You need. I, I like this song. I'm going to manage you. I'm going to manage you." And it taught me a lot. It taught me my limits, and I don't regret it at all. But I do see that, you know, I'm able to identify the managers that are doing that, that are picking up five. And if, if you're able to, if you're out there and you're able to do it successfully, more power to you. But I felt like my mind was constantly being torn between two or three acts. And especially if they're kind of in the same realm, whether you say it or not, you are kind of competing with yourself. Yeah. Three rappers and you and you get a one opportunity for South by Southwest and you're like, how do you decide? So that's just kind of like some, some bias that you need to just be careful of too. But on top of that, like, it's just, you want to be hyper-focused um, instead of a lot of hungry or new art, artist managers that I see, they they kind of want to put their feet in all of the or their hands in all the cookie jars just in case one blows up. And if that's your thought process, you need to maybe rethink like don't just be there for the clout. Like you need to you want to be there for the for the grind, for the hustle. So it's it's important to just do one or two acts at a time, at least for me. My, my mind can't take more than that. <laughs> Yeah, I could imagine if somebody was looking after 10 plus acts that they're really just basically keeping things organized, handling those bookings that are coming in, but I can't see them putting any extra effort in because they would be overwhelmed. They would just be literally managing what has already happened uh, as opposed to going out and seeking new opportunities. And like you said, if you've got multiple artists who are the same, or not the same, but similar yeah. Uh, it, it's hard because you will have to make that choice. You can't just go back to South by Southwest as the example you used and say, hey, choose one of these for me because I can't choose. Right. Like the, you, have to, how it works. you have to be the biggest proponent over that one that you have. I mean, yeah, if you, if you manage a, a rap act and a country band, eh, you may not ever see that, you know, you're in two different industries almost. Yeah. But nowadays you see with every kind of artist, like, they're meshing so much now, so you might get into that more. You know, you've got the little Nas X, like, fusing genres and everything like that. So 
it's just you have to be careful with that because you are going to have that um, that that bias, and you're going to have to choose one or the other. Definitely, I know that just before we went live, we were having a little conversation, <laughs> just just for a bit of fun uh, about Coachella, mm-hmm. and obviously the lineup that dropped recently. And much to everyone's excitement, of course, everyone has 100 different opinions online. They have different acts that they're looking forward to seeing. But definitely just took over my social media feeds. Would it be okay if I put this up on the screen for people that are tuned in right now just to show what I saw before? Just bring this up here. So, of course, this is the Coachella lineup that everyone's been talking about. If you haven't seen it by now, just log on to any of your social media sites and it's probably going to appear in your feed very quickly. So obviously quite the exciting lineup. Uh, I'm just going to take that out. That's what I've seen... Did that say Danny Elfman? <laughs> you know what? Every time I look at it, I see another name that I didn't <laughs> I Wow. It's crazy. Anyway, sorry. Um, But what I saw today, and I wish I knew who actually created this so I could give them the credit. So if you are watching and this was your work and your research, by all means, I will happily credit you. I'm not going to say that I did this. But what we are looking at here is basically the Coachella lineup, but instead of the names of the artists that are performing, it's the agency that represents them that handles their bookings. And I just thought this was really unique <laughs> and, a, and a totally different way of looking at it. Yeah, so I don't really have anything specific to add to this other than just I thought it was pretty damn cool and I wanted to share it and see if anybody knows who actually took the time to do this, who created it, because I will gladly give them a shout out and um, obviously I'd love to share it and, and tag them and also know what, what was involved in the process of doing the research because if you've ever gone into Google and tried to look for management for a specific artist, you sometimes get 10 different results. And then all these other companies that claim to be uh, able to help you to book that particular act. So yeah. Had you seen this before today? I hadn't, I hadn't even seen the actual lineup of Coachella to be honest. I don't think I logged in this morning much, Um, but it just ties back into, let's tie back into artist management. I think this is, this is interesting to see. And for the podcast people, what we're looking at is, um, the lineup. Yeah. Like you said, but it's their, their agency. So you see like paradigm and CAA and WME and more paradigm and even more paradigm. Um, but I think it's interesting to point out that this just goes to show that these major agencies are kind of controlling the festival, at least when the lineup, there's a couple question marks, which could mean that they were independent. It could mean that they had to connect with through the festival, or it could mean that they just couldn't find who this artist was being booked through. But I think it's interesting. It's just, it's kind of a, it's just kind of shocking to see this because it just puts the truth in that. Like, I deal with a lot of artists that are like, Oh, give me, I, I need to be on more festivals. And it's like, like you're just going to reach out to Coachella and be like, Hey, you want to book this artist? Like, no, you, they have to go, they go through these agencies to book. So instead of trying to spam these festivals, maybe try to get some statistics in terms of your streams or your, your live performance and try to get in tune with these agencies. 
Mm. That might be a better approach that, you know, that, I mean, they keep their stuff loud and proud on the internet, which is like, you know, type in paradigm. There's a contact you could hit up. You could then go to LinkedIn. I know you have a cool approach with, with LinkedIn in terms of Spotify stuff, but LinkedIn's great for networking. So cool. Type in paradigm on LinkedIn and try to find some agents, some interns, some people in that agency to be like, Hey, are you accepting any new, any new acts? That might be a better approach than, hitting up Coachella's Twitter every three days like that. Uh, the chances of that are very, very low. So tweaking your, your approach and your strategy to try to get booked on more festivals. I think this just kind of ties into that. Like try to get on, try to get picked up by an agency, try to not spam them, but try to apply to be considered. That might be a better approach. Yeah. Get the attention of the agency. The agency has the attention of golden voice and in turn Coachella and that might be a much better approach than trying to go directly to, like you said, uh, hitting up the Coachella Twitter account every few days with no representation. I mean, another thing to keep in mind for an artist is what if they came back and said, okay, what have you got? Give us your press kit. Give us, give us some stats. Give, give us, give us uh, reasons why we should look at you. You know, would you be ready? Because if you work with an agency, they're, they're ready. They have all that information. They have all that data. They're ready. They have a case that they can put forward as to why you would be a good fit. So um, I always say you may feel like you're ready, but just put yourself in that position and say, what would happen if they came back to me right now and, and asked for all this stuff? Do I even have it? Because I shouldn't be spending my time trying to reach out and get their attention if I'm not even ready and I'm not at that level. Right. And it's good, you know, whether you're doing all this managerial stuff yourself as, as an artist or you haven't, or you're an artist manager watching or listening and you're trying to get strategies on this, try to look at it from their perspective as much as you can. Try to bleed with as much empathy. Like, cool, put yourself in the booker's seat of Coachella or of uh, Paradigm. What do you think they are looking for? Yeah, the music has to be good. Uh, let's assume your music is already good. But what other things do you bring to the table? What other leverage do you have to make them? Or if, with this example, you're pretending to be them. What would you be looking for? Do you want numbers? Do you want, like uh, like you said, a press kit? You want some kind of professional lingo in an email? Like pretend that you're them instead of just spamming and, you know, taking it personal. It's like, oh, you, the music should speak for itself. Like, come on. Like, it's got to, you got to be, it's got to have more than that. Like, yeah, I hope the music does speak for itself, but what else? Now you got my attention with the music. Now let's go deeper. And like you said, are you ready for that? So be prepared. Yeah. 100%. And you know, if you don't know what you need to have, you're looking at some resources right here. I mean, Artist Collective, <laughs> you know, shameless plug right there. But it, it's true. There's all these resources online that you have access to. And it's more than ever, you can get the answers to these questions that you need. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to sit back and say, I don't know how to create a press kit or I don't know what a press kit looks like. I mean, you can go online and you can find a press kit or, or a one sheet or, or even just a bio of an artist that you would compare yourself to or put yourself within the same category as. And you could actually use that as sort of a base to then start creating your own. 
uh, obviously not plagiarizing, but just to get some inspiration and realize what you may need to start putting in to create your story and create a strong press kit for yourself and start gathering that stuff as soon as you can, because as things happen in your career, you know, whether it's uh, you get editorial placement on Spotify and Apple Music or whether you headline a, a show with a well-known act and uh, there's photos of you on stage performing with them, things like that. You need to start building that story and holding on to that because that's going to help you when you get to that next level. And like we said, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is going directly to a major festival, but it could be helping you when you start to get the attention of one of those agencies and you can present that with them and they can see that you've already done some of the work, you've started to build your story and then they can come in and help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, it's important again to tie it back into what, what we like to focus artists on is figuring out that why, like not every, no artist is just an artist anymore. They, they also game. They also, you know, start their own podcast. They do cover videos. They're actors. They're, they're promoters. They're managers themselves. So really figuring out, like you said, what your story is and what sets you apart. So you're not just another act that plays music on stage and you want to be booked at a festival. Like how can you connect with, that with Coachella's why, like maybe they're doing a, maybe they're doing a special this year where they're focusing on, you know, the fires in Australia or something. It's like, how can you present, Hey, guess what? I'm actually a huge proponent in this. You can check all my, I did a blog post. I did an interview regarding this issue. Boom. Now you've stood out more than just being an artist. Mm. You have connected with why they're doing their, why they're made up why right now. But so figuring out how you can connect and just like, you know, having some self-awareness and uh, who you are as an artist. And I'm talking to, you know, the authentic artists, not the artists, the Marilyn Manson's out there where they're creating a persona. Mm. Most artists nowadays are, you know, wanting to be, you know, their authentic selves. So figuring that, that, that out and like building that story, whether that's, you know, in a blog post form or in a one sheet or a press kit, like, Figure that out and then find opportunities that match the same things that, uh, that, that your story is. I think you'll, you'll have more success with that than just trying to appeal to everyone yeah. and just say, I play music like that. You've got to, you know, there's a lot of those out there. So try to find ways to stand out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, if you want to talk about artists that are doing exactly that and stand out and are unique, I mean, I can't say enough about Lizzo. Uh, yeah. personally just she is 100% herself and she is having an amazing time and she's so just her stage presence I I haven't had the opportunity to be there in the crowd but I've seen video from people who have attended some of her shows recently she has a way of making it feel like she's everywhere on that stage at once even though it's just her and a DJ and maybe four other dancers on stage, she just owns it. And she is herself. She has her own look. She has her own fashion sense. She has her own style. She has her own sense of humor. She has everything. And that's what makes her unique. And that's what makes her stand out. And that's what artists need to do. I mean, right now, if somebody, it's like Lil Nas X as well. He was unique. He decided, you know what? I don't care about genres. I, mm -hmm. ma I made this because I wanted to make it. It was fun. 
everyone else thought it was fun. I didn't expect it to be this big, but I'm having fun. I'm going to keep doing this. You know, he didn't do it to become rich or to become famous. He was doing it because that was him. And that was, that was what he wanted to do. Just have fun with it. Yeah. It's really important for those artists out there. Just be unique, be yourself. Otherwise you're going to end up absolutely loathing what you do in a few years time. If you're making music just to try and, whether it's trying to please everyone, which is impossible, or you feel that there's a certain niche that you're going after, but it's not where your heart is, it will show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the saying? If you you in, you try to appeal to everyone, you end up appealing to no one. Yeah. So that's exactly what happens. Lizzo's a good example. Uh, an example I use is the the rapper his name's NF. You know who that is? He is like he's from Michigan. He's similar to like Eminem, but he has, he has a very dark history of mental health issues and he's very vocal about it in his, in his music. And by owning that, that's a part of his life. And like, that's just like the, that's his vibe and that's, that's his brand. Um, he's been, he's attracted people specifically in the, in the teen genre of, you know, other people who are dealing with mental issues because he's so vocal about it. So just the, you know, Lizzo's living her best life and, being very positive and, and unique, but it's just the flip side of that. Somebody else is kind of taking a more somber approach, but he's also able to find his brand and stand out from all the other rappers who can rap kind of fast, you know, um, it's taking a step that uh, a step forward from that. So I, I agree. It's very, very important to, you know, and not even go out to try to be unique, but just be true, be your true self. Because you'll also see artists go out of their way to just be unique, and if if it's not authentic and unique, then then it's 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 worthless. So just and fans will be able to see through that. Like, oh, you're just doing this because it's popular right now. Like, mm. just be authentic. Just do that and find that niche, and eventually that niche will grow outside of those group of people that you know only like this very specific thing. It will word of mouth will start because you know that's how. You know, we all got turned on to Lizzo. Like I wouldn't necessarily yeah. didn't necessarily was a huge fan of her then, but now I can't walk down the street without hearing her music because it's it's kind of grown from there. So a lot of artists go go straight to the you know I want to appeal to everyone, everybody who has ears. I want them to hear you know that they would like my music. It's like you no, know, that's a little you know it's a little egotistical. Like who would who who are the group of people that describe the group of people that would really dig your music and dig your brand and what your, you know, your vibe and then build from there is really important. And to tie it back into artist management um, and uh, in one of these, I'm going to pull up this quote from a, a chat I did with her name's Felicity Ryan. She's another artist manager out in LA. Um, she said that uh, I can't find the quote right now. She says something like managers aren't here to color. They're here to enhance. So they're not here to, create a story for you they're here to enhance the story that you already have and pull that out and bring that to different opportunities so they're not there to create something that isn't there so don't think that if you don't really know your why like they're not getting a manager isn't going to suddenly get your niche audience but it can help lead you to that so just something to bring up i thought it was important <laughs> 